Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Aaron Randolph, the artistic director of the Quad City Theater Workshop. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Now, you're hosting the third annual Susan Glassball Playwriting Festival this coming weekend. Who was Susan Glassball? She was a Davenport native. She was a playwright that grew up here in Davenport back in the early 1900s. And uh, she went on to um, uh, win the Pulitzer Prize for one of her uh, plays called Allison's House. Um, And she's someone who is not as well known in our area as I think should be because um, she ended up founding a theater company out in uh, Provincetown um, that discovered Eugene O'Neill, who's now considered one of the great American playwrights. And um, obviously she was a great playwright in her own right. Um, But if you ask the average person here in the Quad Cities who's Susan Glassbell, they wouldn't they wouldn't have any uh, probably any idea. And uh, she she's um, someone who I, I wish everyone knew because mm-hmm. she's she's really a great um, luminary of our local community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until I started reading about your organization, the Quad City or, or QC Theater Workshop, I had no idea that we had a Pulitzer Prize winning yeah. playwright from our community, which is right. just so so cool. She wrote her winning uh, play in 1930, I think. Correct. Yes. Um, so, so you've named this um, this workshop after her, and it features original plays, which I really love. Tell us a little bit more about what you'd find at the festival. So, our festival features three categories. We have uh, both a local adult category, a local youth category, and then a national category. And um, this year we'll have uh, three plays from our national category that will be performed. Uh, The plays are uh, just 10-minute plays. So essentially they're like a scene from a larger work. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like it will be a five-hour festival. It will just be about an hour long. Um, But each play uh, is an original piece that has never been performed anywhere else. So it's a great opportunity to see a brand-new play uh, performed by local actors. Why do you think it's important to encourage and showcase original scripts? I think it's really important because one of the the things I value about theater is the opportunity for it to react to uh, your local community and current events and the world we live in. So when we produce new plays, we're giving artists an opportunity to talk about the world we live in right now. And that's particularly with local artists, you know, the opportunity to tell stories about uh, the Quad Cities and about Iowa and Illinois and and speak to the world we live in today. We're not just learning about some other part of the world. We're, we're actually able to talk about our own community. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. So I'm assuming the local writers will be there? Uh, they're invited to be there. They don't have to be. But uh, every time we've done the festival before, they've been there. So it's a great opportunity to meet some local artists and for them to network with uh, other people in our community. Yeah, absolutely. Who were the winners this year? Uh, our winners this year, our local adult uh, winner is uh, a young woman named Willow Suchman. Uh, our local youth winner is Giselle Aliana. And our national winner is a woman named Katie Shea Violet. 
I can't wait to see them. And and describe the the format because it's a little unusual. You had alluded to the fact that these are not full performances. There there aren't sets. There aren't costumes. It's it's more of a reading. Right. Yeah. So uh, because of the the time constraints. Essentially, it's a stage reading. So there will be actors. They'll still have the script in hand, but they will be getting up and and acting the parts out. There won't be a full set, but they won't just be sitting in chairs like reading off of music stands. They'll be acting it out. But it's a a little different format, but it, it gives you a strong indication of what the play would look like if it were fully produced. Yeah. Now, you had some additional requirements for the plays, besides needing to be original works. Mm-hmm. In the spirit of Susan Glassbell, the plays are, were also required to feature strong female lead characters Correct. and then to focus on gender issues or social justice. So it's really kind of the hashtag Me Too yes. playwriting festival. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big part of Susan Glassbell's writing is she really featured strong female characters, which... Uh, was uncommon for that time period. So much of the literature focused on the stories of men, uh, written by men. And so we felt like a way to promote her spirit was to focus on work that did that. Plus, it's I, as you alluded to, that's such a, a strong sense in our our uh, artistic community now is really promoting stories about women written by women we don't see their names when we judge the plays but all of our women winners are women uh, all the plays feature female characters um, and and I think that's important because to broaden the the diversity of the stories being told in the theater uh, you have to open up opportunities to everyone yeah. in our community yeah and that is so true. Tell us a little bit about the Bechdel test because uh, we're diverging, <laughs> diverting a, a little bit away from it. But mm-hmm. but I didn't know about that until recently. Yeah, it's uh, it was something brought uh, created to talk about the inadequacies of female roles in theater. Um, the Bechdel test is basically. Um, does the play contain a scene where two women are talking about something other than a man um, to kind of determine uh, the um, the quality of the writing for the female characters? And so we really that's something. And it's one of those things that once you are aware of it, you start looking at plays and you go, oh, boy, yeah, very few plays actually pass this test. So many of the plays we see uh, when there's two women on stage, they're really just talking about their relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because they were mainly written by men. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's very uh, reflective of the the male mentality of, well, what, what else could women possibly be wanting to talk about than me? You know, So um, that's something we look at when we judge these plays. And, um, and I think it speaks to, you know, when a play is written, that passes that test, oftentimes it is a play written by a woman, as all of our women, our winners were. Mm-hmm. But but still, th- there are not a, a large number of successful nationally recognized playwrights that are female. And it, it still remains unusual in this day and age, despite, you know, almost 100 years passing since yeah. um, Susan Glassbell wrote her Pulitzer Prize winning play. Yeah, it's really, it's surprising because we think, oh, society has come so far since the early 1900s. But um, today it is still, I, I would say there's many, many female playwrights out there who are writing wonderful plays, but unfortunately they're not getting the commercial success um, that uh, a lot of male playwrights are. They're, I think they're being recognized more. 
uh, in awards like we've seen the Pulitzer Prize awarded to a number of female playwrights in the last decade. Um, but they're still not getting the uh, the runs on Broadway or national tours that you would see from male written plays. And, and so that's one of the reasons for us to do that small part uh, here locally of encouraging uh, female playwrights and female stories. Um, I mean, it's 50% of our population, yet it makes up a, a small fraction of the stories being told on the stage. So it, it just seems very disproportionate. Mm -hmm. Well, each incremental step makes a difference. And exactly. so I personally am so glad you're you're doing this. Now, now, where is the Quad City Theater Workshop located? We are uh, a block off of Five Points in Davenport. So the intersection of Locust Street, Division, and Hickory Grove Road. Mm -hmm. uh, just a block west of that at the old Johnson School building. Um, it's now the Institute for Therapeutic Massage. They take the school building and then we are located in the old school gymnasium. Mm -hmm. And so you have a th – the theater was just the, – the stage was built right in then with that, with that gymnasium space, I'm right. guessing. Yeah, we, uh, we are a black box theater, so we reconfigure our performance space for every single show. So sometimes we are on the, the old – gymatorium stage in the, the gymnasium. Um, but for many of our shows, we reconfigure it. So perhaps the play is done in the round and the audience ah. is right up next ah. to the stage, or uh, sometimes we'll build a set that's very unconventional. So that's part of the reason we use that space is it really lends itself to uh, whatever the production calls for. Mm -hmm. Now, your ticket policy is also quite unusual. Mm -hmm. um, there, you don't pay a set price for a ticket. Right. Yeah. That's uh, one of the things we really believe is making sure that theater is accessible to everyone in our community, regardless of their financial situation. And so uh, we have a pay-what-it's-worth ticket pricing. Basically, you come in the door, you watch the play, and then when it's over, you pay what you think the the uh, experience was worth. And um, it's kind of a crazy idea, um, but it's actually it's worked beautifully so far. And, and it does two things. One is it allows anyone to come see the play, but it also – uh, holds us to a higher standard uh, because we know if we put on a bad play, people don't have to pay anything for it. And I think that has really uh, both encouraged new people to come in and it's held us up to um, a higher standard of quality. Yeah. And you can't, you don't purchase tickets ahead of time. You do have to make a reservation. So explain that a little bit. So uh, people can contact us either through our website, uh, which is qctheaterworkshop.org. Um, or they can call our phone number um, and uh, they can put in um, a reservation. Uh, we just hold a seat for you. You are welcome to show up the day of the performance, but uh, we can't. We have limited seating, so we can't guarantee that you'll get a seat unless you call in and put a reservation. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly fair enough. Mm -hmm. Now, this is your seventh season. Describe for us the history behind your theater organization. Well, our uh, theater company really was born out of um, a handful of artists who uh, they had a script that they were really passionate about producing. It was a play called Red, um, and they just didn't have a venue to do it in. And so they uh, searched around, found the building we're in now and put that play on. And really all they were intending was to do one play. Um, but the uh, reaction we got from the audience that came to see that and um, the reaction from the artists involved was, hey, you know, let's let's do this again. And it kind of um, grew out of that, uh, that desire just to continue to do that kind of work. Yeah. 
Um, and Tyson Danner, I think, was a part of that. I just wanted to give him a little shout out. Yeah. He, he is with Quad City Arts and an amazing individual. Yes. Yeah, Tyson was the founding uh, father of the QC Theater Workshop. He was our original artistic director and really the force behind bringing it to life. Um, and yeah, just an incredible individual. Um, and uh, he continues to be involved with our, our mm-hmm. organization today. Yeah. There are other local theater companies in our community. What niche does the QC Theater Workshop fill? Well, there, yeah, as you mentioned, there's an enormous amount of wonderful local theater right now in our community. I think we're very blessed to have uh, so many opportunities, both for audiences and artists. Um, I, I, th- I would guess pound for pound, we probably have more theaters in the Quad Cities than any other city of our size. Um, but what sets us apart is um, we really focus on new work. Uh, over our last, uh, over our seven years, we've produced more original plays than any other uh, local theater. Uh, we do about one per year. Um, and then we also, uh, all the other plays that we produce are things that have never been seen before in the Quad Cities. So uh, we really make a commitment to bringing brand new things to our audience because um, we think that's important for people to have that opportunity to be exposed to something they wouldn't have ever seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What other performances do you have planned this year after the festival's has concluded um the rest of our season is uh in um march uh we will have uh a doll's house part two which is uh it's a brand new play it was running on broadway just last year won a bunch of tony awards and uh it it's a it's an interesting play because it's a sequel to a play that was written over a hundred years ago by Henrik Ibsen, uh, A Doll's House. But the wonderful thing about that play is you don't have to have seen the original. You don't have to know anything about the original to enjoy it and to, um, to understand the story. You can dive right in and it, um, it is a continuation of the story, but it's written in a modern language and, and the dramatic structure is uh, very accessible to a modern audience. So I think if you've never come to see a play before at our theater, that's a great opportunity to, to learn what we're about. Um, and then our final show of this season is a new adaptation of uh, the uh, classic French children's book, A Little Prince, uh, or The Little Prince, excuse me. Um, and, uh, it will be a new adaptation, meaning that we're taking the book and we're just staging it for the theater. And that'll be a play that's, um, accessible to everyone, children, adults. Um, and it will involve a lot of puppetry, uh, Daniel Reardon Hale, who is a professor over at St. Ambrose, uh, who is a, a trained puppeteer, uh, worked for many years in Chicago. He is uh, designing and performing with the puppets in that show. And it, it's going to be a piece of theater that um, is uh, very unique for this area. I don't think we have a lot of uh, puppetry uh, going on here in the Quad Cities. And it's it, it's really a, a wonderful art form and a wonderful way to tell a story. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be exciting. Yeah, no, it sounds great. And you wrote that play. Yes. Yep. I'm the one who's doing the adaptation. Um, again, I'm, I'm staying true to the original text. I'm not going to change the story or the characters, but, um, adapting a book is actually uh, a really fun exercise because it's about staying true to the story, but finding a way to change it from, 
uh, text into action, bringing the action to life, but also doing so in a way that actually is stageable. I mean, the little prince uh, story, he flies from planet to planet and meets all of these different characters. It has probably 20 different characters. So finding a way to turn that into something you can do in a old school gymnasium with a very <laughs> limited budget is is pretty challenging. Uh-huh. But but that's that's part of where the, the magic of theater happens is when you overcome those challenges. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved in screenwriting? What is your particular background? Uh, well, my background is I've, I've done theater ever since I was a kid. Um, and uh, I went to St. Ambrose and got a theater degree there. Uh, and while I was a student at St. Ambrose, uh, I expressed an interest in writing plays. And the, the wonderful faculty there gave me a couple of opportunities to have my works produced. And uh, it was out of that that I just continued to write. Um, and, uh, and then eventually became a part of the QC theater workshop and was writing works for them. But I've, I've written works for other local theaters. Uh, I do a lot of work with Davenport junior theater. I think they're a great organization as well. And, um, and so a, a lot of my, uh, knowledge about writing is, is somewhat self-taught. Um, but you learn a lot by doing, it's one of those things that the, the, uh, practice, is, uh, I think, more important in a lot of ways than, than any sort of training or book. Work. Yeah, yeah. On your website is a statement that I love, that the Quad City um, Theater Workshop exists to help members of their community live their best lives. Yeah. And that's that's really perfect because it allow the arts, um, you know, being immersed in the arts does allow us to live richer lives, and it connects us with the community where we live. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see the purpose of theater as um, it, it's – it's kind of like eating a great meal. You know, you want it to taste good, but it also needs to be nutritious. It needs to enrich you and make you a healthier person. And so that's our goal when we produce a play is we want it to be entertaining. We want it to be enjoyable, but we also want it to enrich you both intellectually and emotionally. Yeah. And hopefully when you leave the theater, you have a new perspective and it's it's challenged your worldviews in some way to, to maybe make you a better member of our community. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it definitely serves that purpose. What, you know, you you this is a very ambitious project you've you've had pulling all this off in just 7 seasons. What what future goals do you have for the QC Theater Workshop? Well, we uh we would love to do a couple of things. One is uh, produce even more original work. Right now, like I said, we do about one per year. Um, but I would love to bring in uh, both more local playwrights and national playwrights to produce their work. Um because that really, quite honestly, those are, I think, some of our most beloved productions are the original plays. Um, the other thing that I would love is uh, kind of our, our pipe dream is to eventually move to uh, a place that's a little bit more um, integrated into the, the burgeoning art scene here in the Quad Cities. We're, we're kind of off in our own little corner, um, but there's so much great things happening with the music scene and visual arts and those sorts of things. We'd love to be tied more into that community, maybe by finding a space in downtown Davenport, but um, those things, uh, that's a long-term goal, mm-hmm. and uh, it certainly requires a lot of financial support, which is always a challenge in the arts community, but, um, but that would be long-term. We'd love to, to see that happen. Yeah. And then you talked, too, about about trying to um, strengthen relationships with other theaters in the area, not necessarily here, but in a more regional way. Yeah. One of the things um, we're working on is building relationships with theaters outside of the Quad Cities. Um, 
we have a theater that we're working with in Chicago who is going to produce our um, production of The Little Prince when it's done with its run here. Um, and so building those relationships so when we bring in new playwrights, we can then help them uh, network with other theaters outside of the area and give them opportunities to see their work produced yeah, elsewhere. That's just great. Yeah. Well, Aaron Randolph, thank you so much for talking today and best of luck with your performances this weekend. Thank you very much, Carolyn. Come support local theater at the third annual Susan Glassbell Playwriting Festival this coming Friday and Saturday nights, February 1st and 2nd at 7.30 p.m. The theater is located at 1730 Wilkes Avenue in Davenport, and reservations can be made online at qctheaterworkshop.org. This has been Carolyn Martin, talking art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal. 